welcome to the Bitcoin Source. Thank you for taking time out to have this conversation today. Can we kickstart things off by giving an introduction of who you are? Sure, yeah. First of all, thank you, Dadi, for having me. Uh, I'm really excited to be here. Um, so I am a, a teacher. I teach a, a high school math, and uh, I'm a Bitcoiner. Um, and I'm working on a new project, uh, which is A Progressive's Case for Bitcoin, which is a book that I'd like to I'm uh, working on and hope to get out uh, next year in 2023. So, um, you know, that's the the very top line introduction, I guess, of myself. And, you know, I'm aware that, you know, you have that new book out that you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of giving a snapshot into the progressive lens of, you know, social justice, equity um, and peace. So mm -hmm. what do you say to the audience that, that believes that, you know, Bitcoin's protocol doesn't need progressives? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, first of all, the, the impetus behind the book is simply that, um, you know, I think that progressive people and left-leaning people right now are at the margins of the Bitcoin community. Um, and I think that there's a social layer uh, to Bitcoin right now that is not exactly welcoming. Um, and I don't think that, uh, you know, it just needs to be as hostile as it is towards people with different political ideologies, right? So, um, you know, on, on the very basic level, uh, the Bitcoin protocol doesn't need anybody, right? It doesn't need progressive people or conservative people, libertarians, right? The Bitcoin protocol exists and works totally fine uh, the way it is, right? Um, what is needed is more education, more resource, more welcome uh, to people who um, might not know a lot about Bitcoin, not have a, a big conviction or a good conviction about the value proposition of Bitcoin um, and might not feel uh, like they're able to enter the space. Right. So that's the motivation behind the book. Right. The I do think that uh, having different kinds of voices and different kinds of conversations can help Bitcoin. Right. Like as uh, as adoption grows, as it becomes, uh, you know, as it's taken more seriously within society and within uh, our, you know, the systems of government that we have. Um, I think that it's important to have a lot of different kinds of voices. Um, you know, we're trying to establish something that, you know, for the first time in a long time is, is going to be considered global money. And that means you just have to include everybody, right? If you want global money, you can't just assume that everybody's going to convert to like hardcore libertarianism and not, you know, leave everything else that they believe behind. So, um, you know, I, on the protocol level, you know, Bitcoin doesn't need anybody. But on the social layer that we're establishing, I think that there needs to be just more room for more voices. And that's what I'm trying to do uh, with the book. Is just to give progressive people an opportunity to learn about Bitcoin, um, develop a conviction for it and a strong thesis for it, and then continue their education. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the hope uh, and that's the, the motivation behind the book is get those kinds of people from zero to, to one, right? Just interested in Bitcoin and, and wanting to learn more about it. And I, I love that you talk about like the social layer of Bitcoin, because I think a lot of people, the audience out there, um, you know, they're getting a lot of their Bitcoin information from mainstream news platforms, social media, Twitter. And, you know, everybody has their own conviction. Everybody has their own way of approaching Bitcoin. And I think mm -hmm. that a book such as this is well needed in the space because when you talk about, um, you know, people coming from different communities and also just the social construct of money and how people accept money, right? In different cultures, right. in different, you know, policies different communities, people look at Bitcoin differently. And I think that this book is going to give a wide gamut of, you know, the approaches of, you know, wealth inequality, policy making, mm -hmm. voting, um, you know, disenfranchised communities. And I think that, um, you know, what you're doing as an educator, as a teacher is, is huge in the space. 
Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I, you know, I, I agree with you. I feel like, um, you know, on one hand, a lot of people are getting their information from the mainstream media, which is inaccurate or sort of attacking Bitcoin, you know, because that's what gets the clicks. Um, and then if somebody decides to turn towards the Bitcoin community right now and get more accurate information, then they have to sort of work their way through a whole political ideology that Bitcoin. You don't need to have a, a specific uh, political ideology to enjoy Bitcoin, right? So people who really care about, um, you know, treating people with dignity and, um, you know, making sure that the vulnerable in our society have a safety net and the fact that like government does solve some problems and like the, those are all open debates. And I think that there's room within the Bitcoin community or there should be to have you know, just serious, nuanced discussions about all of that. Um, and it's just hard because, yeah, as you said, like there's a social layer to to money, right? We're talking about something that most people don't have to think about at all, right? Or they, you know, most Americans especially don't have to think about money as a technology or as a tool. And we're asking them to change their minds completely about something they never had to think about. And if you don't trust the people who are giving you that information or you're not feel, you know, made to feel welcome uh, by that community, then it's going to be a really hard thing to do. Right. Um, and I just feel like <clears throat> there's a lot of people out there, for example, who care a lot about climate change. And if there's misinformation as, as one example, right, as there's misinformation about Bitcoin and climate change, you're not going to change people's hearts and minds by arguing with them and telling them that they're, you know, you know, totally wrong about caring about the environment. You want somebody out there who says, yeah, I also care about the environment. And here are the things that, you know, Bitcoin does to help the environment. So it's just a matter of perspective. Who are you getting those messages from? And, um, you know, the hope is that my book becomes one resource of, of many that people can use to sort of get that conviction and, and to continue their journey down the rabbit hole. A hundred percent. And, you know, what's interesting, too, is like when I wrote my first article for Bitcoin magazine, I had a subtitle in the, in the in the article that said Bitcoin fixes this. And I got so much backlash about that. People are like Bitcoin doesn't fix everything. And, you know, it's like, you know, people are trying to make this seem like this is just like, you know, the messiah of, of, of everything. And, you know, my question to you is, is, you know, does Bitcoin fix everything? And if it does or if it doesn't, in your opinion, like what social problems does Bitcoin fix in your opinion? Yeah, um, you know, I, I do think that there are things that Bitcoin fixes, um, assuming sort of that we go down the trajectory that, that you and I think that we will, right, in terms of Bitcoin adoption and, and um, how it's in integrated into society. Um, it does not fix everything. And that's that's the important that's a very important part of the message. Right. Which is Bitcoin will allow us to have a, a more um secure, stable, fair, equitable monetary system, but that doesn't fix all of society's ills and problems, right? And that all of those improvements that Bitcoin does offer are not a guarantee either, right? The people who really care about Bitcoin and making this world more, you know, uh, fair and equitable and, and want to work for social justice are still going to have to do that work, right? So there's components of the banking system that exist right now that are, you know, uh, totally exploitative and racist and, you know, suppress uh, large groups of people. Bitcoin probably helps that. It doesn't fix it completely, right? We need to be diligent about sort of the systemic uh, ways that, you know, that our society, um, you know, suppresses people and controls people. And I think that Bitcoin can help change people's minds and their way of thinking about that. Um, but it doesn't directly, uh, you know, satisfy or, or fix all of those problems, right? We still need to be diligent about protecting people, um, about, 
<clears throat> giving everybody a uh, voice within our society about providing a safety net, uh, you know, for the most vulnerable people, um, you know, that, that we have, you know, in our society. So I, I think that it's dangerous to go down this path that, all right, if I just plug in my, you know, my Bitcoin node and I hodl, then I've now made the world a better place and I can just sort of put my feet up. I think it's going to take work. Um, we have to keep having important, difficult, uh, nuanced conversations to make those things happen, to make those improvements happen. And uh, we should not be deluding ourselves to thinking that just because we have Bitcoin, uh, now the world is automatically a better place. Like that takes effort, right? Um, and the other thing I'll just say about that is, you know, all of our our thoughts and beliefs and experiences right now have stemmed from living in this fiat world that, you know, the government controls the money. It's, you know, it has produced massive wealth inequality. It has benefited the very top echelon uh, of people. Um, and if we do end up in a, in a world where Bitcoin is the standard and people are using Bitcoin, um, that is going to change the social fabric in ways that we all can't necessarily predict, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm open to the idea that like being a progressive person myself and, you know, identifying as a liberal person, like that doesn't necessarily look the same in 20 years as it does right now. Because, you know, the society that we live in uh, isn't necessarily isn't going to be the same, certainly isn't. Um, and so like Bitcoin might change some things, it doesn't fix everything, it might change some things. And then we just have to be diligent about, you know, who are we helping and who are we hurting and being aware of, of what our um, our policies and our systems are doing uh, to the citizens uh, of the world. Yeah. Most definitely. And I think that, like, you know, the, the layer one of, of being a Bitcoiner, it kind of breaks down you know, buying the asset, holding it, understanding the importance of hodling. And I'm glad that you brought that up because as you become more advanced in your Bitcoin journey, you start to realize that um, a circular economy is important and actually giving mm -hmm. people Bitcoin for, you know, providing a product or giving a service is something that is going to be unique. And so it's going to also keep the money going, circulating and allowing the price to go up. So I'm glad that you yeah. brought up the, the fact of hodling and just putting it in your wallet and making people think that, you know, they're the de facto Bitcoiner by doing so. I'm glad you brought that up because there's big debates between yeah. hodling and, and spending Bitcoin. So thank you for that, Jason. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, hodling isn't enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've done some research on your background, you know, kind of quickly, and I know that you're a math teacher by day. And, yeah. you know, Bitcoin is ruled by math, right? It's, it's a protocol based on mathematics. So how has being a math teacher and you know learning and studying about bitcoin how has it changed your view about mathematics that's a that's a really interesting question right um mathematics was sort of my vehicle to get into bitcoin in the very first place right like i had a buddy of mine who said oh you should you know you should buy a little bit of bitcoin and um you know, it took him about four times of saying that before I listened to him. And then the minute I bought even a little bit, I was like, well, now I have to learn. <laughs> I have to learn about it. Right. So, you know, the way I learned about Bitcoin right from the, like, you know, square one was through a mathematical point of view. Like, how does the math work? How does the technology work? What does the computer science say? Um, and I feel first of all, I feel just really fortunate that that was my um, uh, my introduction to Bitcoin because it gave me a, a good thesis and a resolve about this being a uh, you know, a world changing technology that I can support and get behind uh, because I had that conviction through the mathematics uh, of it. Right. 
Um, Bitcoin itself has not, you know, I, I don't know, maybe your listeners would be surprised by this, but it has not changed my perception of mathematics at all, right? Like math is math. Um, and it's, that's one of the things I like about teaching math, right? I get excited about the idea that like, here's a body of knowledge that we have. And of course, new things are being, you know, proven and discovered all the time. But like um, the the math that exists that underpins um, Bitcoin is is just solid math that, that we can all rely on and we can all prove and we can all you know, hopefully understand or a lot of people can understand. I would say more so than anything, mathematics has changed my perception about Bitcoin because I can actually, you know, firmly grasp what are the things that are going on under the hood in a way that maybe some other people can't. Um, That said, there are a ton of applications. It's like even at the high school level of mathematics, there's a ton of things that, um, that Bitcoin touches upon, right? As we all know, it's like multifaceted technology. And it, like, there's so many innovative aspects, innovative aspects of Bitcoin in general. There's no shortage of things that I can pull into like a high school math classroom and say, all right, well, take a look at this. And we talk about like randomness and how that, uh, you know, connects to proof of work. Or we even talk, you know, I put it on a quiz question about, you know, how many, you know, if, if you have a base 256 number and you convert it to base 56, you know, how many, how long is that Bitcoin address going to be in characters, right? And so, like, you actually do some of these conversions and have it touch upon Bitcoin in kind of interesting ways. And then it gets, you know, kids thinking, like, oh, <laughs> like, that's kind of an interesting question. And it's, like, purely mathematical, right? Um, but I put it in a word problem that had the word Bitcoin in it, and then people come to me afterwards and start asking me about it. So um, it's, a, it's a great sort of, uh, you know, gateway into getting into Bitcoin is if you can kind of just pinpoint a couple of those mathematical ideas. And they actually throughout, you know, even the idea of like a geometric series and sort of the supply cap of 21 million, like if you're doing algebra two in high school, you can understand like, why is it that that supply cap is is set at 21 million? Like, how do you get that number and how do you know it's exact, right? That's just, you know, grade 10 math. And, you know, I'm very happy to incorporate that. And, you know, sometimes in a sneaky, but sometimes in an explicit way in the math classroom. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, math is a universal language. So, you know, one plus one is always going to equal two. And, you know, people, and I think that, you know, Satoshi kind of had foresight where, you know, that 21 million cap that was kind of to reduce the incentive or to reduce, you know, nefarious actors that might be able to manipulate and capitulate the protocol. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think he figured he, she, or they, I should say that, because we don't know who Satoshi was. Um, it been right. Thankfully, we don't. Yeah. yeah, it could have been a group of people, but mm-hmm. they kind of had the foresight to understand that, um, you know, money gets manipulated all the time and people try to, mm-hmm. you know, edit numbers and edit math and try to make it seem like, you know, things aren't what they are, especially as time progresses with, you know, the, the mining protocol not expiring to 2140. Um, that's a mm-hmm. long time. And there's a lot of things that can change and happen in that time span. But what one thing that right. won't change is math. So I found that right. profound and I find it so profound that you being a math teacher and kind of intertwining that into your, you know, your daily practices at school is something that's mm-hmm. going to kind of build up the future because it's going to have students kind of thinking about Bitcoin and why that's important and how math kind of um, in conjunction with the protocol works. 
Yeah. And it, it's something that I, you know, I'm, I get excited about teaching people stuff, right? And, you know, not everybody's into math, but but I am and I love teaching math. Uh, Bitcoin has, has become one of those things for me, right? Like, I just really enjoy teaching people about Bitcoin, answering their questions. Um, I haven't gotten tired of, of people just coming, well, what about this? And I heard this. I, I just love that stuff, right? And that's me as a teacher. Um, in terms of, you know, just specifically about the math and like what Satoshi was able to do, um, it's the first time... Uh, in sort of my experience where the game theory and game theory is economics, but it's really just math, right? Like uh, it works in such a way where people are not incentivized to cheat the system, right? Like you can theoretically, maybe you can cheat the system, but you just, you're going to make more money and profit more from, from doing the right thing, playing by the rules. Uh, and I just feel, I just find personally, that's amazing that, that it's set up in that way. And like, in, in a sense, like all the bases are covered um, and it's like mathematically sound in just even the incentive structure. Uh, but that's also completely different than, you know, the fiat system, where it's like, well, if you can cheat or if you can find a way around the rules or you can change the rules, then that's how you make your money. Uh, that's a Bitcoin is the opposite of that. And I think there's a lot of progressive people that that are out there in the world who know that the current system is sort of rigged like that. If you're connected or if you have money, you can kind of change the rules. You make more money. You kind of know the ins and outs. Uh, but, you know, Bitcoin doesn't have any of those games. So it's just people are primed to, to learn about this. And that's really my target audience, right? Like not people who agree with me. It's the people who have heard zero or very little about Bitcoin in the first place. And all of those people know that the current system is just messed up, right? Um, they might not have the vocabulary to assign to it, but I think that that's, that's the target audience, right? Find somebody who, um, in my case, pro is progressive. It doesn't have to be. But they know that the current system has its flaws and then articulate to them what those flaws are and how they get a, a, you know, approached uh, solutions or approached through Bitcoin. So, And, you know, when you talk about progressive, the progressive movement, I always go back to Mark Stephanie's podcast, uh, The Progressive Bitcoiner, when you talk about, um, you know, these transitions of different people learning about Bitcoin. And like, when you look at that podcast, you can just see people from all walks of life talking about Bitcoin mm -hmm. and how it's changed their lives. And that leads me to my last question, which is, you know, your book, The Progressive Case for Bitcoin, is talking about some of these things and some of these people. And my question to you is, is that do you believe that Bitcoin will be a peaceful revolution in the future? That's a tough question. You know, I hope it is. And, and I, you know, personally, I think I think it is like I think Bitcoin is a peaceful revolution. Um, but I want to I want to be clear about that. Right. Like it's not a guarantee and it's it's not something that you, we're going to get without working for it. Right. I mean, we are. um I think it's pretty undeniable that we're on the cusp of a lot of different uh, struggles within our society, right? Like our financial system right now that we're using is is broken and teetering. It feels like, you know, the house of cards is going to come down any minute. Um, you know, we have an environmental, you know, emergency going on that is like slow moving and people are, e it's easy to turn a blind eye towards it, but, you know, it's happening. Um, we have social movements right now and social unrest, not just in America, but across the world. Our political system is is fractured and, and coming you know, under a lot of stress right now, as we've seen in the news. So um, all of these things are pointing towards an opportunity for 
really bad things or negative things to happen, but also like growth and sort of positive solutions coming out of all of that, right? And if if you're a student of history, we see that like most of the time when stuff like this happens, like it's hard and painful and like possibly violent and bloody and like people starve and you know all of those things happen throughout history, and there's no guarantee that they won't happen again. And I think that um, the hope is that you know Bitcoin is a new technology and a new opportunity that hasn't existed ever, right? Like to have gold in a way that you can transmit at the speed of light, or to have like this hard money that people can rely on and self-custody and it can't be confiscated. All of these things are brand new innovations and, and exciting. And there is a chance that they could sort of lead to like a peaceful revolution, right? We need to change the system and not just one, but like all of the systems that I mentioned that need to be changed and fixed. Uh, Bitcoin is a way to do that. Um, the hope is that <clears throat> um, Bitcoin infiltrates society in in a way that is almost invisible to a lot of people, right? You know, maybe in 10 years, people look at their phone and they're sending money around to each other. Maybe they don't even realize that they're using Bitcoin, right? That the that the app on their phone is using the Bitcoin rails to like seamlessly transfer wealth around the world. Um, maybe they know that, maybe they don't know that, but like hopefully the idea is that it gets integrated into society so seamlessly that it doesn't cause some of those hardships, right? The 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 possible threat of violence or people like losing their life savings because they're holding it in dollars and, and it suddenly changes or something like that. I just feel like um, a gradual change is going to be better in terms of like a peaceful revolution. That's not, that's not a novel opinion. That's just a hope, right? And I think that I'm doing, I'm trying to do my part, right? I'm leveraging the skills I have as an educator and somebody who cares about this to try to get people on board, right? Um, you know, there, there's a good chance that people, when the, when the old systems crash, they're going to blame Bitcoin because Bitcoin's stepping up to solve the problems. And I just want to get as many people onto that lifeboat as possible, right? Like, um, and so the hope is it, in writing this book that there's a resource that you just hand somebody and say, here, this is the first book that you're going to read about Bitcoin, but it's not going to be the last. And it's going to give you some kind of conviction to want to learn more and to better understand not just Bitcoin, but the system as it exists now and why it's unfair, uh, specific examples and a narrative about how people are exploited by the current system and not supported by the government and not supported by the monetary system that exists right now. Um, and just a transition for that person's thinking into saying, okay, it seems like there's there's a chance here to learn more about Bitcoin. One of the big things that I've noticed um, just in my own journey is that the outside world outside of Bitcoin seems awfully pessimistic and negative for lots of good reasons. But the people who you talk to in the Bitcoin space tend to be a lot more optimistic, right? They seem happier and friendlier and you know more uh, generous with their time and all of those things I've gotten uh, through just meeting with people. Um, and that's I think that's just because there's a solution, right? There's there's a potential solution out there that we can work towards, and that's a lot more than we've had uh, any time within my adult life, right? Is the hope that we can solve some of these problems. Yeah. So and and you know Bitcoin yeah. is going to dematerialize the incentives that kind of caused some of these problems. And I, in my personal opinion, I think that Bitcoin is one of the many keys on the key ring that unlocks Pandora's box, right? And I think that mm -hmm. this book is a book that can be almost like a pamphlet for having a progressive outlook, a progressive lens at what Bitcoin is, because once you start getting mm -hmm. people that are political or have, you know, policymakers or people that just come from different walks of life that are going to say, well, how is Bitcoin going to affect or benefit me? 
there's a book out here that yeah. kind of talks about all these different things from different rungs of society. So, um, you know, I really right. want to thank you, Jason, for, <laughs> you know, taking your time out and really doing the research, connecting with the right people and learning as much as you mm -hmm. can about Bitcoin to write this book, because I think that this book is going to be very much needed in the ecosystem and in the space. Well, yeah, and I appreciate the work that you're doing. I've, I've you know, I've, I've been following you and I appreciate the time that you've given me on your platform here to talk about it. I, I think it's probably the most um, important thing that I can be doing right now. And I, I truly believe that. So, um, you know, I, I'm excited about the book as a project. I'm excited about sharing my passion for Bitcoin and the potential solutions and hopefully just widening the umbrella uh, and including more people into the Bitcoin space that aren't being included right now. So I think that's just that's good for people and it's good for Bitcoin too, just to have more voices. So that's the most definitely. So lastly, Jason, um, give the audience, you know, any way that they can connect with you, social media, um, website to your book, your Kickstarter, because I know you have a Kickstarter for the book coming out. So Please break that down and let the audience know everything about yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. So um, the best way to, to follow me and be in touch is uh, on Twitter, uh, C Jason Mayer, M-A-I-E-R. Um, and on you, you can obviously DM me, send me messages, ask questions. I'm happy to engage with people on Twitter. Um, and on, on my Twitter feed, you will also find a link to the Kickstarter to help support the book. So if this book sounds like something you're interested in, you think it's going to help people, then I really uh, hope you think about going to the Kickstarter page, pre-order the book for yourself, uh, pre-order your book for, you know, a liberal friend of yours and, you know, support the project in that way. Uh, the link will, you can find the link easily, um, on, on my Twitter feed. And so, you know, I just appreciate your support and, and your listener support. If it's something that seems uh, promising to you, then, uh, you know, your help will help me get the book into more hands. So that's that's the hope. Yes, most definitely. And um, I'll have everything, you know, in the bottom of this this episode so people can connect and, you know, get to all the links that they need to. So once again, Jason, yeah. thank you for taking this time out on the Bitcoin source. Appreciate it. Thank you, Dadu. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to talking more with you and, and keeping keeping the journey going, you know. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.